Let's Define Win, a podcast for everyday horse enthusiasts to laugh, commiserate, and learn that life is all about how you define wins. Let's do it. Episode 15? Episode 15, we're here. We are here. What's the movie? It's like, oh yeah, Dr. Seuss, we are here, we are here, we are, you know? <laughs> No, but I'll take no, your word. It's, um, it's Horton, here's a who. Oh. All the on the thing say, we are here. Mm-hmm. Episode 15, week 15, right? We want to, I think, address, like, social media in the horse world, right? I think there's... One-sided. It is. Yeah. It is very, like, it's, it's very one-sided in the fact that, like, there's a lot of coverage on, like, the top one percent or like the same however many exhibitors and like we've talked about that before but something that we haven't talked about as much as you only really see the positive side of like people like what they want to show you their flawless side when it comes to showing horses right you might like look at their pictures and posts and all that and be like wow this person is absolutely flawless they're untouchable and then you see them at a show and like that they're not they're they're very touchable <laughs> they just do a really great job of marketing themselves on social media yeah like you definitely only see and I noticed this a lot with like I guess I follow more like large barns and whatever on social media like I don't necessarily follow like people unless I actually know them but you know like they'll be posting, oh, we're going to this show this weekend, or we're going to such and such world show, or, you know, we're going to this big futurity this weekend, or whatever, and then if they don't win, it's, like, radio silence, you know, like, they just, like, you don't see anything about it, and I can kind of understand that from the business standpoint, like, you don't want to flush out your losses out there, because then people are going to start not thinking you're, you're worth their hard-earned money, you know, they're going to be like, well, this barn's winning, so I'm going to go there instead, you know, what have you. But at the same time, like, that's so non-representative of the industry, that's so non-representative of the sport, and that's just, like, not, I don't want to say fair, but that's kind of how it feels sometimes. Yeah. No, I'd agree. Like, that you, you know, they've got semis, right, of horses, like, they're, like, their stories, like, the semis full of, like, 10 horses, right, that they're taking to the show, and it's some fraternity or big show or whatever, and then there's nothing, and you're like, did you guys, did you guys make it okay to the show? Did you get there? You good? You good, buddy? Did you get lost? (laughs) Right, and it just turns out they just didn't have a good show, or, like, even when individuals do that, too. Mm -hmm. uh, I know, like, so many times I'll, like, look at people's videos or, you know, like, I feel like a lot of people, you can somehow find a way to market yourself as, like, a champion or an all, like, some sort, something somewhere along the lines, right? Whether that's local, all around, whatever. And I think people can really turn that around and, like, which is perfectly fine, right? Like, I have no problem with that, but, like, I as an individual need to, like, understand that. More because as soon as I see that, I'm like, oh my gosh, this person is absolutely untouchable. When in fact, like, that's not the case. And, you know, it's, you don't get to see that until you see them at a show. Right. Yeah. And it's like, 
I understand that social media is supposed to be like the highlight reel of your life and whatever, but it's like, why can't people be authentic and why can't you learn to like celebrate those losses? Cause really what's a loss? It's a lesson. It's, you know, like you learned how not to do it or, you know, even if the cards just like didn't fall in your favor that day and it's really no fault of your own. Like, I still think that's super important because that still makes you feel discouraged. I don't care if you've got 85 belt buckles on your wall at home. When something doesn't go your way or, like, you have a big falling apart, like, you're going to feel discouraged. And I think that's, like, the most important time to, like, show that, you know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just me, but, like, if there's people that I know and ride against, like, I'll go kind of like search them out on social media and be like, oh, I wonder what they're doing. I wonder how they're doing. I wonder what they're practicing. What, what are their goals? Um, am I going to, what am I going to be riding against? Right. Mm-hmm. And so I'll do that a lot. Hopefully I'm not the only one. Um, Maddie's a stalker. You hear it? Right. That? I really like to try to size up my competition before going to a show on social media. And that's not a healthy way to do it folks. But like flip side of that, right, is if I flip the things and, you know, I'll flatter myself here. Um, If people think I'm a big enough, like, threat, maybe they're trying to, like, find videos that I post or whatever of how I'm doing and stuff like that. And if that's the case, why wouldn't I want to put, like, sloppy videos of me out there, you know? So they'll be like, oh my gosh, she is not a threat at all. I'm not going (laughs) to practice. And then I get there and I'm like, psych. (laughs) Y'all been sleeping on me for nothing. Exactly. No, I just, I don't know, like, I think it's really important to rep your, represent yourself in the most authentic way, and I think it's okay when things don't look pretty, or when classes just, you would have had a better day if you just wouldn't have gone in, you know, like, you would have had a better life if you would not have gone in that class, but you did, and it hit the fan. And there's, I'm sure, you know, there's probably, right, you shouldn't have gone in the class, and I'm sure there's footage of it now somewhere. I don't know, I don't know how many times, like, someone will usually, like, if one of my parents or friends are there, and they, like, offered a videotape or something, like, whatever it's called, record, I guess, it's not videotape anymore, but they'll record, uh, like, a go or something like that, and they'll forget to record the good ones, but they somehow manage to forget, like, to record the bad ones, or they will record the bad ones. Yeah. And I was just really, hey, like, you can send it to me and delete it, or just delete it. I don't even need it. And, like, somehow they're, like, two weeks later, they're, like, oh, by the way, here's a pattern. Like, I was, like, like cool. deleted this, man. Like, you can't be trusted. <laughs> like, I thought we discussed this. Yeah. I remember in... I think we were in Hinkley or whatever. I looked up at one point and you were recording my pattern and then I came around the corner and your your phone was just down. So I was like, oh, it looks as bad as it feels. Okay, great. Uh, I think I remember that one actually. Yeah, I yeah. I appreciated it. I was like, we probably don't need video evidence of that. I think you like missed a diagonal and then like <laughs> or something to be like that. And I was like, you know what? It's just best for everyone if I just delete this and stop recording right now. Let's not do this anymore. I think it is important, right, to, like, remember, like, to understand that, you know, people are really going to make their social media a highlight reel, right? Like, there's an occasional blooper or something that someone will post like that that's funny. 
Yeah. But it's not like people are going to post, like, I don't know. Some people do post every day, right? And they post all their, you know, stuff, but. Yeah. So I think, like, the takeaway is remember that it is a highlight reel, you know, and don't let that discourage you and don't let that make you feel less than, don't let that, you know, make you not go in the class the next time. And I think the other thing too is like, it's just so easy to warp everyone's perception on social media. Things look a lot prettier on social media. Oh, for sure. I don't know. Everything just looks brighter on social media. And I think as soon as you recognize that, you're just going to be a lot better off. And then we all just need to start posting our shitty pictures and our shitty patterns and all of our cringeworthy stuff and just acknowledge it. Just acknowledge it and let life happen. Yeah. Show your most authentic self, even if it is so painfully average and subpar. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Save yourself some energy. Don't ed- don't edit that out. Just just let it happen. Yeah, throw a good song over it. Yeah, throw a nice Dolly Parton song over it, and then let every form of social media block you for a week. <laughs> Are we speaking from experience? No, never, 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 never. But we do love Dolly. But okay, actually, though, speaking of social media and outfits, all. I like when I shop for clothes um, in general or horse show clothes. I do a lot of my horse show clothes shopping on Facebook. It's just easier. And uh, like we said, the pictures are fabulous. But after the conversation we just had, I might need to stop that. So I'm, I'm not like a small, I'm not an extra small or anything like that. And I am really glad I am not. You know, sometimes it's like, wow, you know, if I was just like a smaller and extra small, I could fit into some kids' clothes and man, life would be great. Everything is like half off. my size wouldn't be out of stock at Under Armour or Nike or anything like that. Like, it's just going to be me over there doing some serious shopping in the kids section. And I'm glad I'm not because a lot of the, a lot of the like really pretty gorgeous jackets and boleros and vests and all that stuff are usually like a small to like a medium or something like that. Or like even sometimes a large, but like my shoulders will not fit into a large, thank goodness, or else I would own everything. I mean, not really. I mean, my bank account would run dry, and then, like, I'd get a $40 overdraft fee every time I'd try to, like, pull some money out, but, like, I would have so many, so many pretty outfits if I was, like, a small or medium, so, so thank you, shoulders, for, um, not being a great size, the really, like, off-the-rack size. I'm, I'm, I'm turning, like, I'm gonna embrace it, really, is what's happening here. Mm. My, my paycheck and my wallet and my online banking, thank, thank you, shoulders, thank you. I love that. Yeah, I'm I'm the opposite. I can typically fit into like a kid's extra large and so I have to like talk myself out of it like okay, that's still the same price as, you know, an adult jacket would be. So it's really not that good of a deal and it's it's like teal and you have to remember like you're an amateur now so you can't really wear bright colors. Yeah, that was one thing I didn't notice. Like there are different colors between like youth and amateurs, and that was something I didn't put together at first, right? Because it is like the bright colors and like the hot pink chaps and stuff like that. Super cute on like a blonde five-year-old, right? Or whatever. Yeah. But yeah. like, not me. <laughs> not, <laughs> not cute on a 25-year-old. Right. 
But yeah, like I had so many, and granted, I was only a youth for a little bit, but I had so many cute little outfits that I was like, oh, I can wear these when I'm an adult. And then I don't remember who it was. I was like, no, you you cannot wear those as an adult. I was, I was really bummed. I was really bummed. But. Yeah. It really is a sad, it is a sad day. It is sad. Now we gotta wear black jobs. I mean, you don't have to, but it's just easier. <laughs> yeah, I really, I like brown chaps or like, you know, chocolate colored chaps, whatever they're called. But I just don't think they'd look nice with either of my horses, which is. There are certain colors I will not wear. What are they? Brown and red. Brown and red. <laughs> yeah. I'm a jewel tone lady, that's why. You are a jewel tone lady. It looks really good. I don't know, I really like my red, but sometimes I think it's a little too much. The thing, okay, I, I like your vest, but the thing that gets me is like the two red pieces on the front of your vest kill me. I'm sure it's just unfortunate placing, but I'm like, that looks slightly suggestive. <laughs> You know, I never noticed that until you pointed it out to me, and now every time I look at it, I'm like, yikers. Yeah, I I met this new lady who's a seamstress, and she was like, oh, I'd love to make you some cool horse show clothes, and I was like, yeah, I think that sounds great. Uh, point of interest, let's be careful on jewel placement, and she was like, what? And then I showed her the picture, and she picked it out right away, so I was like, Someone one time that I saw had, um, tassels, unfortunately placed tassels somehow, and oh. I was like, what is going on? And, like, I didn't even think about it until they pointed it out, so it's, like, completely not my fault, but it was just, it was a lot for me to handle. I'll take my button down. You can't go wrong with the button down. <laughs> you just can't look away. But you can. You can go wrong with a button down. That blue, that blueberry cobbler shirt button down that I have, mm -hmm. and really nicely with the wind pick I have, the one and only wind pick. I blend in with that curtain real nice. At least you're not like a floating head, you know? It, I mean, it, it blends. 85% of the way there to a floating head, though. <laughs> Nearly headness, headless Nick. Or whatever, whatever the ghost is from Harry Potter. I think it's nearly headless Nick. Is um, he riding on a horse? What's oh headless horseman? Except it's like the yeah. So I'm trying to find your wind picture so I can just like take it in one more time. Oh, it's it's maybe I might have been a little too nice and I said eighty five. It could be ninety two percent. It could be ninety two. At least your hands look natural. Well, that's the other thing. When you zoom in, you realize in the picture I'm looking at is not high quality, so I don't know what happened there. Yeah, I don't know, because you got the full release. Anyways, oh, did. I did get the full release. My fingernails are painted like a wine color, because that's the color that matched my showman chick, because I just felt like that was a really pretty color. Mm -hmm. um, but it, it stood out like a sore thumb on that. Feel any better, my blue shirt doesn't look good with the, with the curtain either. <laughs> I mean, we were definitely the main characters in the picture. I'm just we were. What's okay. important here is Dory looks really good in that wind pick. Her mane is, like, very flat. 
You know, something else while we're on the topic of thankful for not having this be an easy buy opportunity? Yeah. So I was driving in my car, and when I drive in my car, I listen to Spotify typically. I don't, I don't pay for Spotify premium. Really grounds me as an individual. Yeah. <laughs> and so I get ads, right? And I was driving today, and I was getting all these ads. It was like, Depends for adults, um, Pampers for cruisers or whatever, Gerber baby food, um, you know, a lot of stuff like people my age might need, um, mm-hmm. but I don't need, um, right? And, you know, at first I was like, you know, you'd really think the algorithm would get me something better, like some better ads, right? Um, mm-hmm. If you're going to tell me my phone doesn't know I don't need Depends, um, and I don't need Pampers Cruisers. Um, you know, you'd like to think the algorithm's a little bit better than that. And so I was like, why don't they put like Smart Pack ads or, you know, like Schneider's ads or something like that. And then I was like, maybe the price is just too high or something like that. But like, I feel like the whatever, like the click ratio or like the impactfulness of the ad would be way higher and better for everyone as whatever, just way better for everyone, except for me. Cause I would, I would click on that stuff, you know, like someone says like 50% off at Schneider. So you bet I'm like pulling the car over and I'm clicking on the banner. Yeah. Like I'm driving, like I'm driving right over to Schneider's man. Right. Like I'm on the interstate left lane going 80, going 10 over or something. I don't know. I whip over to the right hand lane, pull over and just start purchasing stuff. Cause I've got a 50% off banner. Like, yeah, no, I'd be cruises up, ma'am. Is everything okay? It will be in a second, officer. Let me just fill my cart and check out here. Got a good deal. Good deal, officer. Right. The last thing I need is encouragement to buy things Porsche-related. Yeah, I really tried to limit it this week and... This week. (laughs) Yeah, like, I downloaded a budgeting app, and let me tell you, I've never felt so attacked in my life, because they make suggestions of where you could better spend your dollars. And, um, none of the things that I currently spend my money on were on the list of suggestions. And I was, and it said something like, streamline your hobbies or consider a hobby that is free. And I was like, what's free? What's free budgeting app? Breathing? Yeah. Um. Meditation. Yeah, just maybe it wants you to meditate. Maybe we all want you to meditate. Yeah, maybe you guys are all sending me that signal. But Probably not. Okay. It'd be great if Angela would just chill the f- out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do is do you input your budget stuff or does the app connect to like a d- card or something? Uh well, I tried to just put my budget stuff in cuz like I know like what my take home pay is. Like, very aware of that. Also very aware of where it starts. And then the taxes come out. Then your health insurance comes out. Or your health insurance comes out. Then your taxes come out. And then you're like, hmm. Where'd it go? Excuse me. I know what my con- I signed my contract for, my salary. I'm nowhere near that now. But okay, okay, fine, fine, fine. Um... Yeah, so I tried to do it that way, but then it was like, for more accuracy, please link a bank account. So I was like, oh, this seems legit, and I did. Then I was like, oh, wow, you're going to pull in five years of spending habits. Cool, okay. 
they're really going to keep you honest. They're not going to let you input it yourself. Yeah, it was, it was rough. So on a serious note, um, we have had people write in and ask us like our requests or like how we budget. Mm -hmm. Um, and we might not be the best people to answer this. We <laughs> might not, but I think like a decent way to tackle this is what, what are some things that you do maybe, or. Well, I try to like haul with people whenever I can. So you save on gas and typically hotel, like typically if you haul together, you stay together. Or I try to like stay with someone or have someone stay with me whenever possible, just because you're, so you're splitting expenses there. I also will haul my, like, so if I'm not going with a friend and I'm just going to like a normal show, like I'll haul my own horse, you know, like I have a truck and trailer, I'll haul my horse. So that way I'm not paying the trainer the fee to do it. Um, I know that might seem like a little selfish, but that's one way that like I've picked up. You can cut costs. Um, just by that is it. like one of the biggest places I think I've found myself paying for things. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, you're already paying them a weekend fee or a day fee or whatever it is, you know? So like they are getting some sort of income from that. Um, so I don't feel as terrible, but I will haul myself anytime, anytime I can or haul with a friend anytime I can. I also try to pick shows that have a higher judge count for your um, all around. So for like, so Paint Congress, for instance, they had six judges and it was a $300 flat fee for, you know, unlimited classes. Or I think it was, I think it was like 30 or $35 a class. So it really wasn't. No, yeah, because some of that is pricey if it's like per judge. Yeah, so I try, and so, and so there will be some shows that I'm like, okay, I know I'm not going to be competitive in the all-around here, so I'm just going to choose, so, so I choose which classes, which shows I'm going to show the all-around fee, or, you know, the all-day fee, whatever, whatever you want to call it, so if it's, you know, an Iowa Pino show, I know my horse is really competitive in that pen, so I'm going to show in probably 15 classes that weekend. Versus, whether Toby wants to or not. <laughs> yeah, whether Toby wants to or not. Um, but, you know, if I'm maybe going to the, the paint world show, I know my horse is probably competitive in the equitation, the showmanship, and the horsemanship there. So that's what I'm going to show. You know, I'm not going to pay the all-around the all fee or the flat fee. That, that's the word I'm looking for. And go in all these classes. You can leave, too. What? You can leave. You don't have to be there for the full time, either. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's it, too. You know, like, you know, I really enjoy showing the all-around. However, it's really, really, really hard at some of these bigger shows with that last two weeks, you know? So you have to take effectively. Right, that was one of your big concerns with Pinot World this year, right? It was, like, you had horsemanship and showmanship, and then about a week and a half or later, that's kind of exaggerated. You were ready to go for the equitation. Exactly. Um, and, and this show, this year, it was so condensed, you know? So it was like, okay, sure, I have, I think I had four days off in the middle or three days off in the middle. And it's like, what? That, that sucks because that was three days that 
I kind of just sat around. I think a big thing you and I both have similar, I think a couple other people, so this might not be that impressive, but like we try to like work remotely from shows if Mm -hmm. possible. So you don't necessarily have to take a day off. Yeah. I mean, I guess it is like PTO or however you look at it, but like, yeah, you don't like, what are you going to do? Right? Like you can only do so many things in Tulsa. No offense to people that live and enjoy Tulsa, but like, yeah, you know, like I'll take a conference call. Like <laughs> this year, I was literally in the warm up pen on a conference call, and I was like, "Hey guys, great work. Um, I'm gonna hop back on in about 20 minutes. I'm gonna go show this class real quick." And then hung up, went in the class, came out, and then got back on the call. Um, but you know, it's it's really hard when you're trying to kind of take when you're just trying to find the most bang for your bucket. It's like you want to go to these shows and be present, but you also maybe don't have as much time off work, or, like, maybe you don't have, maybe you can't, like, totally unplug. You know, I think it's, I guess my budgeting tip is being realistic and making sure that what you enter aligns with your show goals, right? Like, you, you didn't necessarily intend on going for the all-around at the world show, but you knew you might be competitive to be, like, a world champ or something like that in these other classes, so you didn't, especially when everyone, like, there's so many classes that go into an all-around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that was the thing, like, last year at, I think it was Color Breed Congress, we were, like, halfway through the week, and I realized, I was like, holy shit, I'm leading the all-around, and I had no intentions of that. So then it's like, all right, who's, who else is here? What classes are they probably going to go to? So I went and added, I added the Huntsy, because I just need one point, and, I mean, I didn't end up getting the all-around, so that was sad, but whatever. But it's like, you know, like, the, it's nice when you can do those things, but at the same time, it's, you really have to choose things where you can be competitive, like, keep, like, keep your goals in check. Right. The world show may not be the place to debut your all-around. Probably not. I mean, unless that's your game plan, but not with my pocketbook. Yeah, I like to be fairly certain that things are going to go well before I... (laughs) haul myself across the country and, you know, shovel out a couple. Let's protect that pocketbook as much as possible. Yeah. It's like we talked about, like, budgeting stuff at shows. What about at home? What are any things or any tips that we have there? I think first and foremost, like, you got to intend to pay board and Mm -hmm. training. Like, your horse has got to have a place to live. It can't live in your apartment. So just making sure that that's something... And then that's within your range, right? Just making sure that you're planning for where that needs to be. Um, yeah, you're planning for where that needs to be. And, like, maybe your horse is at a spot where, you know, you offer, like, hey, I'll come clean stalls two nights a week if you give me 100 or $200 off board. Or, you know, hey, like, I'll clean stalls if – you know, you give me a free lesson every week, you know, whatever it is. Or, like, some places might offer, like, a, like, if your horse could be used for a lesson program or something like that, or, like, even as far as, like, a half lease or something like that, too, if that is something that you'd, people would consider, too. Ooh. And I think another thing, too, is if your horse doesn't, you know, your horse doesn't, some horses don't need to be on training all year round, too, so, like, that's another option you could play with as well. Um, or like oh, sure. part-time training, if that's another option too. Yeah, and he's anytime Toby is at the trainer, he's only in partial training. You know, like one, it saves money. Two, it saves his mind. 
saves his body. You know, he's seems happier that way. He seems to learn just as much, if not more, when he has more time to more time to think about it. So, no, I think that's really so. Even if you only save fifteen dollars here and there, eventually that adds up to one hundred and fifty, two hundred dollars, and that's you know a big amount. Yeah. That's a horse show. That's entry fees for a horse show. Yeah. Or gas to get to one. I think. Yeah. Right. If you're looking to get in the horses, the cheapest part about a horse is buying the horse. Yeah. And I never understood that until like this year, maybe. Like I was like, I don't understand. Like that's such a big expense. But then, you know, when you sit down and look at it, you're like, huh. You buy a horse, right? You buy a horse. And maybe maybe this is just me and everyone else has got this figured out, but you buy a horse for X amount. You pay Y amount in training each month. You know, say you have it in training for 10 years or what, whatever. We'll say five. You, you do five times 12 if you keep it in all year, and then you multiply it by Y, right? And you add that to X. You're like, can anyone resell the value that they buy that horse for plus training? Like, or is there – have – if anyone has, like, let me know. I don't think I could. Like, think right. about it. Like, I don't know. Like, you pro- people probably pay. Like, unless you raise the horse yourself, I don't think you really have a shot at making money on it, you know? And even then, it's probably really slim when you think about the breeding fees, the mare care, the board, or, you know, whatever. Mean? What? training yeah yeah and then it's like so you have like fees you have vet care you have mare care and then the baby's born you're like you, you, you probably have an average you probably have five grand in it before it even hits the ground you know when you really think about it oh no for sure easy you know? and then it's like all right sure let it just bop around in the pasture for the first six months eight months well now it's in training for you know whatever you know and then it's like yeah unless you have the skills to do it all yourself. Probably not making money. Which, are we in the sport to make money, or are we in the sport because we love it? If you're if you're here to make money, man, let me know how you do it. Yeah, please share your tips. Unless we would all like some fabulous stud or something. I don't even know. We should do like <sighs> the 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 whatever the grand tour or whatever where it's like. And on that note, it's time to end. Do you ever watch that show? I don't think so. Maybe. Oh, well, maybe. Or even, I think it was even on, like, Top Gear 2. Jeremy Clarkson would go, and on that note, it is time to end. See you all next week. Well, and on that note, folks, episode 15 is done. We will see y'all next week. Bye-bye.